Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Thank you so much for spending uh, this weekend, final weekend of October. Holy smokes. Oh, no. Brian Passifume is going to tell me I can't say holy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Brian? Good afternoon, Reverend. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you so much for joining us. Brian Passifume, feature writer for the National Post, reporter, uh, op-ed writer. He's just really one of the best. And I had an opportunity to spend some time on the air with Brian yesterday morning on uh, Greg Brady's show on AM640 in Toronto. Um, but I, I, the reason I said I can't say holy anymore, references, and I wasn't going to start with this story, but let's do it. Um, a directive, as you wrote in the post, in your post story, a directive has gone to military chaplains urging them to expunge God. These are chaplains. Expunge God, religion, uh, and any reference to same from Remembrance Day and public ceremonies. What is, did my voice have changed? What's going on, Brian? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, the uh, it, it's it's been a kind of a it, it's been a really confusing story. Uh, the uh, the Epoch Times uh, broke it last week. Uh, it also runs a, a new directive that came out of the uh, out of the uh, the Chaplain General's office. Uh, uh, the Royal Canadian Chaplaincy Service is uh, in charge of all the chaplains. Uh, they, they oversee them for the uh, for the Canadian forces. Uh, Canada employs chaplains from a wide range of faiths. And yeah, this this directive uh, it's, um, it, it really seems like that they uh, that they don't want uh, chaplains mentioning uh, God or, or or reverencing religion a lot during uh, public addresses. And um, you know, Remembrance Day is coming up. That's probably the most uh, prominent time that you'd see a uh, a public address by uh, by a military chaplain. But uh, yeah, this uh, this whole thing has really got. Uh, Got some people really concerned, and it's got uh, one uh, uh, retired chaplain I spoke to, uh, Father Tim Timothy Nelligan. Uh, He's a Catholic priest in Ottawa, but uh, for 35 years he was a uh, Canadian Armed Forces member and uh, and uh, provided spiritual guidance to, uh, to 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 our uh, to our men and women in Afghanistan during that conflict. And yeah, he's uh, he is uh, not happy about this uh, these new directives at all. Now, did did anybody request this, or was this suddenly was this bureaucracy driven? What do we know? What happened? Yeah, this comes out of a. There was a uh, report last year from the uh, from the Defense Minister's Systemic Racism and Discrimination Advisory Panel. Um, it it leveled a whole bunch of recommendations uh, across the entire Canadian Armed Forces, but it had a special section for the uh, for the chaplaincy program. Um, the uh, report states that uh, you know religion should be considered a source of suffering and generational trauma for for some Canadians, uh, especially true for uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, two spirited members of Canadian society. That's a direct quote from the uh, report. Um, yeah, and it made a bunch of recommendations uh, recommending uh, uh, ceasing uh, hiring chaplains from Abrahamic religions, uh, which, uh, you know, Christianity, Judaism, and, and, and Islam, uh, in favor of other faiths, um, and a bunch of other recommendations that uh, really kind of uh, caused a lot of concern among Canada's chaplains because it, uh, you know, in, in their words, they, it looks like that they're trying to remove God from the chaplaincy. And, um, and when Father Nelligan thinks that uh, the whole um, thing is going to make uh, the chaplaincy program um, obsolete in Canada, and, I, and he, he thinks that's, uh, that's the ultimate goal of this. 
So, so in the interest of uh, fairness to everyone, we will disinvite uh, chaplains who are Christian, a Jew, or a Muslim, or, or if they're actually going to have a position, then we're going to tell them they shouldn't mention God in any way at any ceremony or any public appearance. So you're the chaplain, but you should not, must not, may not bring God into your remarks. So what happens then? Let's just bring this to Remembrance Day because it's mentioned in your story. What happens to Flanders Fields? What happens to O Canada? And those are some. Those are some some quite legitimate questions that a lot of people have. Like, uh, for example, the uh, during a um, uh, recent committee meeting, um, uh, Blake Richards, uh, the Conservative Party, and the uh, uh, Vice Chair, uh, he tabled a motion at the meeting to investigate this. Whether that will actually happen, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's it's, it's caused uh, a lot of concern about that. Uh, in terms of Remembrance Day, I reached out to the, the Legion. Uh, the Legion. Um, as a uh, prayer and God will still be a part of the uh, services. Um, and the statement actually read, while military chaplains are required to modify their language, the decision does not eliminate the inclusion of prayer to God or a higher power by other spiritual representatives at Legion ceremonies. Um, and fortunately, it's, you know, um, it's, it's been caught up in the, uh, the heat of politics. Uh, Defense Minister Bill Blair denied it. Uh, he went on Twitter uh, shortly after the Epic Times story um, and said the Canadian Forces chaplains are not and will not be banned from prayer. Uh, that statement actually came a day before um, uh, Colonel Lisa Karnak of the uh, Chaplaincy Service appeared on a local talk radio station here in Ottawa and said, I quote, in certain settings, faith-based settings and church settings, chaplains will be able to speak about God. But in a public setting where there are people who do not believe in God or people who bring different perspectives, they will not use that language, um, which pretty much contradicts what, uh, what, what the defense minister said in his tweet. You know, Brian, I had a conversation like this a few years ago when, when the, these decisions were first starting to be made. And I heard from a listener who said, uh, first he said, I'm a humanist. And I remember this conversation very clearly. And he said, no, let me just be blunt. I'm an atheist, and I think this decision is totally ridiculous. And 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 I can't imagine how the chaplains feel. Do you think this is going to, I mean, what are your thoughts? My my thought would be that this is going to cause resignations from chaplains or by chaplains. I, th I think a lot of the, uh, lot of the decisions and, and policies being said by people who don't really understand how the chaplaincy service works. It's not, you know, it's anybody who's been in the military will know that, uh, you know, it, it really, there's chaplains of all faiths and they provide, you know, they provide so much more than like a Catholic priest providing Eucharist or, or, or whatever, uh, specific to certain faiths. You know, it's, there's a lot of moral and, 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 and guidance and support and just being that, that calm voice that uh, really doesn't matter what, what faith the chaplain is. And they, they, there is, there is that certain moral support that, uh, you know, that, that, that is relied upon. And, you know, it's, and I think that, um, you know, it's, you know, I think that people definitely have a reason to be concerned that, uh, you know, that's, that's an important part of any military around the world is just being phased out in this country because of, uh, you know, because of the report of one, uh, of one committee. Yeah. It's 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 disturbing. It really is disturbing to me, anyway. But uh, here's another one that's disturbing to me that you wrote about, and the Bank of Canada. By the way, we mentioned last weekend that the governor of the Bank of Canada said uh, 
Canadians who um, who uh, feel distressed about uh, interest rates and about uh, inflation don't are per- misperceiving. I think that was the word. I don't even know if, that, if that's a word. Um, we're not perceiving the situation correctly. Well, perception is reality. What we can't misperceive or unperceive or whatever new word we can we can discover because we just discovered the uh, the word uh, repartnering. So I'm looking for all sorts of new words in the English language that we can apply to this program. But what we can't um, miss is that they. The, the executives, short of the governor and the deputy governor, walked away with millions of dollars in bonuses at the Bank of Canada. Do, give us the details, please, Brian. Yeah, this, this story really kind of got, you know, these, these kinds of stories always, always do well just because people don't like uh, hearing about stuff like that. But I was really kind of surprised at how well the story did in terms of like numbers of people reading it. And I, I think this really kind of goes to how how crummy things are right now with Canada's economy and affordability. And I mentioned this yesterday on the air too, that my wife and I went to Taco Bell the other day for lunch and it cost us 50 bucks. Taco Bell. But yeah, it's uh, honestly, it's, it, it's, you know, my story, it's uh, there's 82 executives that work for the Bank of Canada and 80 of them last year earned some sort of performance or bonus pay, uh, a total of $3.5 million. That works out to about $43,000 in compensation for each executive. Um, and it, it, kind of the thing that kind of really stuck out for me, and I think resonated with a lot of readers, is that the, that bonus pay is, is based on, 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 uh, be meeting object, government objectives and business plans and, and and things like that, which, you know, I'd love to know what those metrics are because, you know, the Bank of Canada has a mandate to hold inflation between 1% and 3%, and, you know, inflation is at record highs right now. It's up in the sixes, I think. I can't remember exactly what it is. It's like 6.3% or something. So that doesn't really sound like a management team that's meeting a mandate, but, uh, you know, they, they seem to have met it because the 80 out of 82 of the executives uh, pocketed a little extra change uh, in their paychecks last year. Yeah, I'm just reading a, a line from your story. Performance pay consists of at-risk pay. So you're a banker. You're at the Bank of Canada. Where's the risk? <laughs> well, it's it's the same program that across all executives and, and senior management and, and the Canadian Public Service. It, uh, it they call it at risk pay because you get a base salary, but you've got so I guess an extra window at the top of your salary that uh, I guess it's at risk. It's depending on if you meet uh, metrics or not. Um, and it seems that uh, considering inflation is, is is so incredibly high that. Uh, you know that uh, you know those those metrics are kind of low, so they ended up meeting them. And on top of that, there's extra bonus that if you meet the bonus criteria for whatever nebulous performance metric they set it to, you get that extra pay. So you know, despite the fact that inflation is at you know 40-year highs, you know, Bank of Canada executives are slapping themselves on the back, going, "Good job, boys." And they walk away with an average of forty-three thousand dollars in in bonus pay. All in a day's business in Ottawa. Bonuses are part of the deal for government employees. While in the private sector, any salary increase at this time is likely for many, perhaps most, not going to happen. And for far too many Canadians, forty-three thousand dollars in annual salary gross would be a dream at this point. I, 
extra 500 bucks in my paycheck would solve a lot of my problems. I don't know about you. But, you know, the, and the, the other kind of the, the ironic thing, too, is that last July, uh, Tiff Macklin, the Governor of Bank of Canada, was speaking at an event and uh, he, uh, speaking to business leaders and, and advising against uh, matching wages to, to meet inflation uh, uh, because it was worried about uh, something in economics called the uh, wage price spiral, which is a, it's a con- bit of a controversial theory in economics that if you if you you know if you raise salaries, that raises disposable income, which in turn will make inflation worse. Which is a kind of ironic because it seems that uh, you know inflation doesn't really seem to factor into uh, wages of the Bank of Canada. So you say that story has gotten particularly a lot of response from your readers. I'm not surprised. No, I, I, you know, I, I, I usually my email is usually full of emails from idiots who, you know, have whatever problem with this or that. But yeah, I, this this one this one resonated. I got a lot of people emailing me about it, uh, upset about it. Um, you know, and this was on top of reporting that uh, I, I, I should say that uh, this is all thanks to the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. They're the ones who dug up the paperwork on this, but. Uh, you know, I had written a story earlier this year that uh, you know that Bank of Canada employees had earned seventy-two million dollars in pay raises since the beginning of the pandemic. But twenty million of those raises paid out just last year, so definitely the, the Bank of Canada is the place to work. Yeah. Let me move to something else, if you don't mind. Uh, I've been talking about this uh, today. We've been talking about it for some weeks, and we had the uh, Israeli ambassador to Canada on the program at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, ambassador Idi Moore joined us. Let's look at what's happening in this country today, Brian. As Israel engages Hamas increasingly on the ground in Gaza, I'm staggered, really, by the virulence of the level of anti-Semitism that exists in this country. Jewish Canadians threatened, and terrorists who murdered and violated the most in the most brutal forms possible, Israeli citizens on the 7th of October being treated like heroes. Now, you've written about this, and you've posted about this on your on your X account, or formerly Twitter account. I call it Twitter. I still call it Skydome. I still call it Yeah, 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 you're right. We, should, we shouldn't change. Just because they change, it doesn't mean we have to. Just share your thoughts, please, on this. You know, it's, it's, it is. Like, it's, like I'm, I'm not Jewish, but I, I can't imagine what must be going through, you know, the, the minds of my Jewish friends, like, you, know, you see, it's almost, it, it's almost becoming normalized. And I just want to say that I probably work for a media organization that, uh, that allows me to call Hamas terrorists. So I have no uh, compunctions about that. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it just seems like, you know, every morning when you wake up and you open the paper or watch the news, it just seems like you see another instance of, 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 of this, this anti-Semitism, this, this, this Jew hate that's becoming normalized in our society. And I think we're, we're way beyond the point of, you know, it's not anti-Semitism, it's anti-Zionism, because honestly, it's, you know, at this point, like, like you know, like, like we're, it, just seems, it just seems like we're two steps away from another crystal knock. You know, it, it's, you know, we have protesters, you know, going to Jewish-owned businesses and waving flags and harassing customers. You have you know, threats of car rallies driving through Jewish neighborhoods to intimidate the, the, the residents. And it's, it's, it's insanity. And, and it's, it's, it's sad that this kind of thing just seems to be acceptable and, and just, you know, in the mainstream. Like, I, it's, it's heartbreaking seeing younger people who might not know any better sitting there going, you know, from the river to the sea, God will be free and, and, and all these the, this other stuff. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking and it's, it's, it's terrifying. If you want to hear more, 
Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 